Welcome to the Everyday Ultra Podcast, a show designed to help you level up your training, crush your races, and ultimately become a better endurance athlete every single day. Whether you're an endurance athlete as a hobby or someone who wants to be the best in the sport, this is the show for you. I'm your host, Joe Corsione, and thank you so much for listening. Now, let's get into it. What's up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of the Everyday Ultra Podcast. I'm your host, Joe Corsione, and oh my goodness, today's episode is so, so awesome. So, not only is this the first episode coming off the tails of the legendary Western States 100 race, which happened last weekend, um, but this episode just has me still smiling from, from when we recorded it. I mean... Our guest today is the definition of what it takes to be mentally tough, of what it takes to never quit, but also what it takes to have such a beautiful mindset and approach of gratitude and enjoyment and wanting to see others win uh, all in the sport of ultra running. And our guest today epitomizes that to the max. And that is the amazing Katie Asmuth. Katie is one of the top athletes in the sport, uh, podiuming at some really, really huge races throughout her career, such as winning the Bandera 100K, um, podiuming the IMTUF race um, out in Idaho, coming in first at the Black Canyon 60K, and she's also placed in the top 10 of Western States 100 two times, twice in a row, uh, once last year and then uh, also recently last Saturday at the 2022 version of Western States. And if you follow Katie... You know the amazing battle that she put up uh, last Saturday at Western States, um, battling some big obstacles and big hurdles. And in this episode today, she recaps her entire Western States journey, her biggest takeaways, how she was able to keep going despite all the struggles. And uh, let me just tell you, you are not only going to be so inspired and just so motivated after this episode, but I feel like you're also going to really fall deeper in love with the sport of trail running because just Katie's enthusiasm and excitement for the sport and the people and the community is just so, so contagious. And uh, I think you're really going to enjoy this one. I know I did. So huge shout out to Katie Asmuth. Katie, you are amazing. Thank you so much again for coming on the show. Really looking forward to you all listening to this. But before we dive into the podcast episode, I want to give a shout out to Prepped Hydration. Man, this stuff has been absolutely incredible for me as I'm training in the hot months here in Phoenix, Arizona. Temperatures reaching to 100 degrees, 110, 115, and it's just been really, really hard to uh, manage my hydration, um, you know, without prepped, I should say, um, in, into these heats because you're just losing so much sweat. You're losing electrolytes. You're you're core temperature is rising, your heart rate is just pumping, and man, getting your hydration on track is huge, and prepped has been so, so huge um, in my training, um, not only for me to feel hydrated, but at the same time, to really just maximize my performance, even in very, very hot weather, so if you want to check out their products, which I highly suggest, go to preppedhydration.com, that's P-R-E-P-D, hydration.com 
www.ghostbusters.com.au. Um, don't forget that .au. They are an Australian company, our friends in the land down under. Um, and if you want to have a discount code on any of their items on any one-time purchase, um, use the code JOE10. That's J-O-E-10 at checkout, and they'll hook you up with a 10% discount. I suggest the Prime uh, mix the powder mix it is incredible you drink that the night before a, uh, a run and then you are pre-hydrated up for the next day it's just been monumental in my training i've made massive gains because of it so thank you so much prepped please check them out um, definitely give them a shot and use that 10 percent discount code um, to not pay full price because who likes paying full price i mean hey i love the prep team but they gave me the discount uh to help drive more business so uh joe 10 is a discount code i have the link in the bio um for you to check it out but anyways, my friend, enjoy this episode with Katie Asmuth. It's incredible. You're going to love it. You're going to be inspired. And thank you so much for listening in. I appreciate you. What's up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of the Everyday Ultra Podcast. I'm your host, Joe Corsione, and today we got the very first episode after an incredible week at the legendary Western States 100. What a race. I mean, I don't know about you all, but I was glued to the YouTube coverage all day, eight hours straight, basically, and uh, just going on. And one of the runners uh, throughout the race um, just really inspired me, just by the amount of grit, tenacity, the will to persevere, and ultimately someone who really was faced with a lot of obstacles in the race, but in the end of the day, didn't quit. And her resilience and her spirit just inspired me so much that I just, it it is such a treat to have her on today to talk about this, but she doesn't only display that in this race. She displays this all throughout her career, uh, not only just crushing those races, like those races in the past, but also placing on the podium and even winning tons of races that she's raced in the past to lead her to this journey onto Western States 100, finishing in the top 10 over the weekend. And uh, uh, we'll be excited to see her toe the line again next year uh, because she is locked in her spot. And uh, I know that she's going to put on an amazing show then like she did last weekend. But without further ado, Katie, welcome to the Everyday Ultra Podcast. It is so great to have you on. Thank you, Joe. That's a very nice introduction. <laughs> Thank you. I'm really happy to be here. Oh, and I'm so happy you're here too. And and yes, it's it's a well-deserved introduction. Um, like we were saying before the podcast, what the the like just you at Forest Hill like last weekend and then pushing through after that was one of the most inspiring things ever. And I know we were kind of talking about it a little bit before, and we're going to get into all the the details and your takeaways, because I'd love to hear that experience. But before we get into the fun, that is uh, the Western States 100 race. uh, Tell us a little bit about, you know, your background into ultra running, because I'm always curious to see like, all these amazing athletes such as yourself out there. I've been a big fan of yours for a while. So it's, it's, it's cool to have you on. How did this whole crazy sport jump into your life? And how did you get started? Well, I'm definitely a late bloomer when it comes to any sort of running. Um, so I did ball sports growing up, uh, like 
loved soccer and I played softball and volleyball. I actually played and basketball, a lot of basketball. Uh, and then, you know, played some club volleyball in college and just was like a ball sport athlete. And then after college, I started running a little bit for some stress. I was working in the ER as a nurse uh, night shift. And so I just kind of needed to get out a night shift and like move <laughs> my body. And so I started running then, um, and it wasn't really until our honeymoon, like fast forward many years, our honeymoon in New Zealand, when we were just trying to reach more sweet places and we're like, let's just run. And so we started running and my husband and I were just like, why aren't we always running on trails? You know, cause I, I'd grown up backpacking a lot. I'm from a small mm. town in the mountains and, uh, in Southern California and called Ojai. And, uh, my family's really into like outdoorsy, like backpacking and we're always outside, but you know, running outside was new to me. So that was, that catapulted a whole new love of sport, I guess, and, and adulthood. And so I wasn't really running trails until I was like 28 or 29, really. Um, and I guess my first, my first uh, ultra was a 30, was a 50 K in 2015 um, after I gave birth to my first son. Um, so, you know, it's just kind of kept, going from there. So basically like giving, like having children and like competing in trails was kind of happened at the same time. And, uh, it's just been now a part of our life story as a family. So, yeah, that is so awesome. And it's so special to see that it's like, uh, right when you, when you had your firstborn and then all of a sudden getting ultra running, it's like the, the beginning of new chapters here. Right. And, and it's so cool to see that they synonymously linked up. And I absolutely love that. When you first started out, I mean, like, did you come out like automatically just like really taking the top of the podium and really being competitive? Because, I mean, if you look at your ultra sign up, it is so impressive, so impressive. So, like, I'm curious, did, did it kind of start out that way? Was it kind of like a learning experience? Like how what was like that journey like to reach that competitive level to where you're at now? So I dove all in into being a student of the sport because I was just so fascinated with all the logistics behind it and all like the grit behind it. It wasn't just running, you know, and for me, there was so much more to the sport, the complexity of it and being in, you know, the woods also. So that was really important to me. And I I started running with trail running groups in LA. I was living in LA at the time and uh, they taught me a lot and mm. mostly kind of like mid backpackers. And I just learned so much. And um, yeah, I just loved being a sponge and was listening to all these trail running podcasts and was just like a fan. Right. And um, yeah, so I think from there, it, it became pretty clear, you know, pretty early on that I was really good at it, that I just really liked it. Uh, but I was having so much fun with like mid backpackers and just learning. Um, then I eventually um, decided because my husband, he was doing Ironmans at the time. And I was like, no, no, no. Like, I'm not going to just be the mom at home while you go off and do Ironman. Like I <laughs> like not okay. Like I need to like compete and like be out there. Like you can't leave for six hours. I want to leave for six hours, you know? Good for so, you. That's um, awesome. <laughs> yeah. That's kind of how it all came. And he's like, well, then sign up for something. And so I had my eyes set on Angela's Crest 100. That was my first hundred miler. And mm. I kind of worked my way up there. So I did like my first 50 K and then 50 miler and, you know, kind of slowly. And, uh, it was right before that it was April of 2018 or March of 2018 is when I, um, first, uh, got a coach, David Roach. 
And from there, it kind of like became a community. And I met other people in LA that were running similar paces. And we just kind of fed off each other and created this amazing community. And um, yeah, now I'm in Mammoth, but um, now I have a great community here. And so I just, we've, I've just really fallen in love with the people in this sport. And it's just kind of fell into my lap, honestly. Um, And I really love it. So yeah, that's a little bit about me. Oh, that is awesome. And I can tell like when when you were saying like that, you just dove headfirst into the sport and just learned everything. I can tell like, just by the enthusiasm and how you talk about like trail running, not just on this podcast, but the other podcasts I've heard you on, it is, it, 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 you can tell that you just love this sport. And I think it speaks to just how successful you've been throughout the sport, not just successful, like in the results, but also successful in the enjoyment along the way. Right. Because those two things aren't always together, but I can tell like your love for the sport is one of the big factors to why you're doing so well and why, why you always are out there just enjoying it and, and just making the most out of it, which is so cool. Like during the journey of becoming like, you know, getting the coach with coaching with David and being in these communities, what has been kind of like a really important lesson that you've learned that has been like super impactful in your training? Because I know a lot of people listening, like they're, you know, they're, they're trying to get into the sport, whether they're just beginning or maybe they're hitting that three, four year mark. And they're like, Hey, I want to start like, you know, placing at the top. What has been like some impactful lessons that have, have really stuck with you along your journey? Um, there's a lot there. Uh, I think, well, I'm also coming from it from a very different perspective because I'm a mom. And mm. so trying to balance it, you know, this lifestyle with now a mom of a five and a seven-year-old and, you know, Which working. Which is just so and, impressive, by the way, know, so, like kudos to you. Yeah, But it's just that it changes kind of how much time you have to do the extra stuff. And uh, after I signed with Saucony, I decreased my hours only three days a week as a nurse practitioner. So I could really mm. like, like hone in on the identity of being a professional runner and like started actually doing the things that I never did, you know, the mobility work, Mm -hmm. the strength work, um, and, you know, started doing research on my own, trying to learn more about like exercise physiology, like really trying to be a student of it in a different light. Um, so I think I, yeah, I guess, I guess my number one thing would be to just, um, well, for sure, consistency, you know, that's like the most important thing everybody says, but it's so true. Uh, being really like, <laughs> take that rest day on days that you're not having your busiest day at work. And <laughs> like the day that you're not going grocery shopping and doing all your errands and like being crazy, like a day that you can kind of be a little bit more chill, I feel like is really important. I think, uh, really listening and being a sponge to the community and like picking up on everybody else's uh, failures or successes is really key in the sport. And we're all just kind of learning from each other as we go. And I mean, it speaks to it as the last like Western States, it was the fastest top 10 women's race in history. And Mm. that shows, you know, I think the sport is just becoming faster and faster and better and better. And I think we're just stronger. And I think it's because we're all learning from each other. And that's such a big part of this sport is just like handing down information. So yeah, I think being humble and like having your ears open. So 
Oh, I love that. And that's a great endorsement for this podcast too, by the way. Yeah, there you go. (laughs) (laughs) No, but, but I love, I love how you're all about like the the learning and the absorbing and and getting from others. Right. Because sometimes people might come into the sport and, you know, maybe like, like I'm speaking for myself. Like when I first came into the sport, like I wasn't, don't have a running background, like not growing up. And it's like from learning from people, like listening to podcasts, reading books and just like watching races. It's, uh, it's such an impactful way to really just, uh, you know, improve your own skills and, and learn and, and really just get better in the sport. And I love how like your testament to that. And by the way, like, I just need to give you another shout out for, for doing what you do as a mother. And then also mm. spending time as a nurse practitioner. I mean, like it's, it's unbelievable. Like I always say like moms who are out there and, and just, uh, who are working moms and just crushing what they do, like both uh, for their kids and then both out on the trails or, or on the, on the front lines. Like, I mean, that is just incredible. So kudos to you, my friend. So inspiring. Um, but I know that you mentioned like, you know, coming it into Western States and it being like so fast w- would love to just dive into that experience because I mean, it, it's, it's no surprise that, you know, all of your learning and all of your just successes brought you to the race. Um, this wasn't your first rodeo Western States too. I know you, you were in the past and also placed in the top 10 too. So this is your second top 10 finish, but I'd love to dive into a little bit more about this race going into Western States this, this time, not being your first, what was kind of like your, your thinking and how did that kind of differ from, from the first time you approached the, the legendary course, uh, towing the line at, at, uh, at Olympic. So last year when I started, I had already been on the course like, well, I guess maybe only two or three times, but I was a fan. Like I went to training camp, even when I'm not in the race, like, you know, it's like, I wanted to go run on the hollowed ground. I love like being in the community. So, um, you know, I, I went into the race feeling like I knew the course in a sense, um, but I had never been in the kayak country. Um, it was really, uh, not my best day last year. And I was like, really, I got fifth. It's fantastic placement. I had a great time. 1823 was my time. I, it was really a good time. I should be really proud of it, but it was so, um, I just couldn't race what I wanted to race. Like I, Mm -hmm. my last 20 miles, I was so dehydrated. I was so delirious and loopy. I was like, not myself at all. And it turns out I was really low on salt and I hadn't dialed that in. And I was really hot all day. Mm -hmm. And just, I, I, I went into the race, just not knowing that part of the logistics. Like you think you can know it. And then it's like, you have to experience it on your own. So this year, my heat, protocol, like the ice protocol was freaking phenomenal. I never felt hot at all. Um, I had that dialed and I knew the course really well. I felt like really confident going into this race. I mean, last year I was fifth and wasn't my best day. And I was like, I'm ready to rock. Like, you know, and it's kind of a funny thing because you go into hundred miles knowing like, how, how, how can I do this again? <laughs> like, buddy, you remember how to do this. Right. Um, but you just got to trust it. And I don't know. Um, so you, I showed up and I was really, I mean, I slept the night before it was the first race ever in my life I've ever slept because wow. I, was just ready and calm and like ready to freaking rock, like really confident in my training. And, uh, I mean, it wasn't a perfect build, but I like the last, I had a big six week block that I was really confident on. And, um, and before that I had like a little, like 
three or four week niggle and my, um, like a sciatic nerve issue. And so I had decreased bios for like the month of April. And then, but before that I had a huge block. So I felt like I was going in pretty, pretty like solid, like it wasn't perfect, but it was good enough. I thought for, for sure podiums. And anyway, I just felt really good in the high country. Uh, it was really fun running with all the women that I care so much about and have deep, deep respect for. And, um, the wildflowers were off the hook and it was just fun. Um, I rolled my ankle there. It was like my foot. And I knew at that point that that wasn't good, but I just like tied my laces tighter and was like, let's go. And, um, the whole race that really hurt actually like Mm. a lot, like anything technical, especially downhill technical, it's just any like movement of my foot was like piercing sharp pain. I mean, even on any running, it was really, really hard, but I just was trying to tell myself over and over. It's just like pains of cessation, pains of sensation, all these like labor tools and motherhood that you have to deal (laughs) with. And I'm like, just go forward, just forward process. And then anyways, moving along the day, I I felt pretty good, except for the foot. I felt really great, actually. Like it wasn't hot. My crew was dialed, felt awesome on fueling and was feeling really great. And then in the canyons, my like stomach started to rumble and I was like, oh, what's going on? And was feeling a little out of it. So I like took a goo to like be like, all right, let's get some energy here. We're in the canyons. Mm-hmm. Let's go. And I took a goo and it just like, and just everything out of my system. And then from there on, um, I threw up a lot more times uh, and basically had no calories until I started to like nibble on some like waffles at mile like 85. (laughs) So there was like, like a tiny bit. I think I had like one waffle then. And then I was able to keep down in a gel at mile 94. So like, really, I was going off really nothing all day. And um, so besides the coming up, like vomiting, I was also going out the other end, like projectile, everything, like all of it all the time. It was like 20 plus times in the woods. Um, just bad, 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 bad. Um, so yeah, like we don't need to get into the details, but it was like really rough. And so, yeah, I think, you know, I just kept telling myself, like, I'm going to turn it around. Like, I just need a modium. I just need Pepto-Bismol. I just need Zofran. I just need, I just need, I just need, I just need, like, I'm going to rally. It's going to happen. And I just kept believing in myself and thinking I could turn it around. And it honestly never turned around ever. Um, but I just kept moving forward. If I think if I would have stayed at a, I feel like a lot of people stay at aid stations waiting for yourself like to recover and then yeah. don't get out of the chair, like until you feel better. Um, but I didn't do that. I just kept going. Um, mm. And I think that was helpful because there were times where I'd like keep down a gel or something and I'd be like, all right. And that would like give me like five miles in me. And then I throw it all back up. But at least I like had those miles of like semi like, you know, running um, that like, and maybe it was all placebo. I mean, what's an 80 calorie gel going to help me with for that much time, but you just, Mm -hmm. I'm so depleted. And that little bit of energy was like helped. I would hold on to that. Um, You know, it was just really rough. I don't know what to say. It was really hard. And I am so thankful for my team because they just, just kept pushing me forward and 
yeah, I did. <laughs> so I mean, there's a lot more to it. I could like talk more and more and more, but yeah, that's a little bit about what happened. And it, um, the foot pain was still really bad. And it just, you know, honestly, when I got to Greengate, I had had a couple of miles, like it was like maybe seven miles and like, but I hadn't vomited. I'd like done a lot of the other, but I hadn't vomited. So I was at least yeah. I have some calories in me and I got to Greengate and I was like, all right, let's go. And Leah runs by and I'm like, good friends with Leah. And I was like, let's go Leah. Like let's race. And she runs by and I like turned to my team and I just start puking. And I was like, damn it. And that was, that was really tough because I was like, no, like, how am I going to do that? Like, I just got through that section, but I can't, how am I going to do this guys? Like, how do I keep doing this without keeping anything down? But you just kept going. And then I just, my pacer, Alyssa was like, all right, let's go. <laughs> you know, they're like, okay, off we go. So it's just this moving roller coaster that you just kind of jumped on for the ride and just kept moving. And, um, I don't know, man, it was rough, <laughs> but you, so, it was inspiring. I mean, like I remember seeing like on the live stream and following along the updates because like, and just seeing, I was like, how is she still going? Because like, number one, like the, one of the biggest causes of DNF in ultras is GI issues and throwing up. And it's like, like, I mean, it, I'm, I'm sure most people listening here have been there. I've been there. It is like the worst experience and I've never thrown up in a race and I've had an empty stomach, but I know if I'd thrown up, it'd be like, okay, game over. Like number two, you know, we see countless times, especially at Western because of the heat and everything people go into what you're saying, like where they die in the chair and they kind of sit there and just let it mull over. But you kind of kept going like from there, just got up and, and go. It was just like my, my brain still like can't compute it. It's like, so unbelievable. Good, like- how much did the live feed know? Because I felt like every time I tried so hard to be like, I'm rallying, I'm feeling good, you know, like tried because I, I part of it didn't want my competitors or my other crew of my competitors to know that I was hurting so bad. Right. Like, yeah, because that's a part of strategy, right? Like you want them to think you're feeling good. Of course. Um, and I mean, it was probably pretty darn evident at Forest Hill. <laughs> that was probably the first time where people are like, oh God, she's a wreck. Um, but yeah, I don't know. What, what was, was, I haven't listened to the live stream, so I don't know what. That was probably happened. the first time where it like okay. became evident was like Forest Hill, which is why, like I mentioned, I, I don't know if we, we were recording by then, but like, that's like where it was like, whoa, like mm. so, something's happening here. I know like in the chat though, there were some people like tuning in because some people were at the event, you know, kind of seeing the behind the scenes, kind of putting it in there and talking like I'm, I was, everyone was asking about you too. Cause I mean, you're just so likable and, and people, people were asking like, how's Katie doing? Like jumping in and people were coming with the updates. So early on, there was some, some trickling coming in from people who were on the course and everything like that. Um, and then, like you said, at Forest Hill, that's like where it really became kind of like in the, in the forefront, so to say, but even so, I mean, like when you were going, I mean, I, I was like, dang, she's, she's going to finish top 10. Like this is, this is unbelievable. And I even love the, uh, the post that you just recently reposted on, on your Instagram story with you in the chair and then all the hands from the crew just helping out. And it just shows like how awesome your crew was and how like much of a pit crew kind of style they were getting you in and out, taking care of you. I mean, it was just amazing, but I'm curious, like from your perspective, right? Because as we said before, like a lot of people do quit at those moments. A lot of people do die in the chair. And for you, like, I know you said like, oh, I'm, I'm going to keep going and turn it around. Like, 
what was it that kind of just kept you to to keep moving forward like despite all the roadblocks despite like every excuse to quit because that is so so hard so so hard i think i think i want to say like the first thing i want to say is because it's western states and you don't quit right like no matter what it's western states you know i mean there was a a friend of mine from la vivian she i mean she finished in 27 hours with her like her ankle was huge. I mean, it was the size of my head. Like it was like purple and blue. And she just like, was like, I'm not quitting. It's Western States, you know? And it's like, it's so it, there's something about this race in this community of the, it's so powerful. However, it was more than that. It doesn't matter what race it is. Like I'm going to finish it. Like, I mean, I'm going to make it happen even if I'm a wreck because that's important to me. Um, I mean, I guess there's definitely a reason to DNF and I'm not like, I'm by no means death by DNF. I've never DNF yet in my career, but I'm not saying wow. I won't um, because I think there's a reason for it. You know, you, um, you know, or, or if, especially like if you're a professional athlete and you're thinking about the next race and you don't want to put yourself so behind that you can't compete the next race, like there's reasons for sure. Um, for me, I wasn't, I still just believed, I guess. I don't know. I don't know why, (laughs) but I just kept thinking it would turn around. You know, there were some things like my crew says, or like, I'm thinking about this one mom, I'm going to start crying. Um, but like this one mom at an aid station, she's like, you're the first mom we've seen all day. And I'm like, like, like you've got this mom, like you're a mom, you can do anything. And I was like, like, hell yeah, I can like, you know, and there, um, you're sorry. (laughs) Um, no, you're good. I'm just, um, it's been fresh today. Um, it's just been the community around you is just so supportive and believes in you also. And it's this idea that like ultra running is a choice, right? This race is a choice. There's so much like sacrifice and suffering and so much. And I see a lot of it in my, my professional life in medicine and um, I work with low-income families that really mm. struggle and a lot of homelessness. And and it just, for me, this is a, an opportunity to grow as a person and to like challenge myself in new depths, you know? And mm. so for me, that was the journey that was, I was supposed to have that day, I guess. And, um, you know, I had never had a GI upset ever in a race and oh, most wow. ultra runners do. And so I feel like now I'm maybe a seasoned ultra runner. <laughs> like I maybe <laughs> grew up a little bit, um, while I was out there. And, um, I feel like maybe it was a little bit of a rite of passage. To be honest, I've never really had a bad race. Um, like I've gotten lost in races, at UTHC last year, it was not the best race for me because I kept getting lost and that sucked. But, you know, that's the only other race I can think of that was like not a good race in the sense of my performance. And that this, this race was not a good race. <laughs> um, oh my God. And I, I kept pushing. And, you know, I will say when I got to 94 and my crew told me that Camille Brujas was 30 seconds behind me and, and my Alyssa looked at me and she's like, we got to fight. Like now's the time to fight. And I was like, Mm. I have nothing. Like I've, I'm so depleted, but you can't think of that. It's like, you turn that switch off. You don't like let yourself get emotional or think about that. It's just like, okay, now's the time to fight. What's next. And so we fought and I was like, Alyssa, she's probably going to pass me. And she's like, Alyssa's like, well, we're going to like give her hell, you know, like, let's, let's just 
give it a go. And if she passes you, then you're still 10th, right? Um, and I knew Anne-Marie Madden was really close behind us also. Um, like it was, she was like 10 minutes behind. And so I knew that was tight also at that point in the race. And anyway, so I just threw it down and was like, I'm just going to run as fast as this depleted body will take me. And didn't think about being depleted. I th- thought about being strong. I thought it about mm. being a mom. I thought about just following Alyssa and following the light and just like going forward as fast as my body would take me. And we, Camille Brojas and I got to Roby Point, mile 98.2 at the same time. Um, I mean, she's like a French runner. She like is a mountain runner, right? And it's like this uphill climb. And we got there at the same time and I was like, oh no. And I threw down my pack and my crew was around me and we just like charged and somehow we created a four minute gap on her. Um, but it was, it was just, it was a moment. <laughs> it was a day. It was a time in life. And honestly, you take these memories and these experiences with not just in your ultra running career, but for the rest of your life, you know, like mm. you can do it. <laughs> like so cliche to say you're stronger than you think you are, but really are. And your mind is really in control of your body (laughs) and, uh, you just keep moving and, you know, so that's what happened. And it was, it's pretty remarkable day. Yeah. Oh, and and you are remarkable. Like, let me tell you, I was even getting emotional when you said like, it's like, you're a mom, you can do this. Like going back to what I was saying before, like mom's the hardest job in the planet. Ultra running is a piece of cake compared to being a mom. So it's like, I love that you harness that energy in there. And then I can just feel it in your voice. The way that you said that you just didn't listen to that negative, uh, that negative voice telling you, Oh, I'm depleted. I'm not feeling good. And you chose to be strong in that moment. And like, I love how you said, like, it's cliche, but I think it's cliche because it's true that you are stronger than you are. Right. Like it's, it's one of those things that I think I've gotten so watered down because so many people say it, but like there's so much power and potential to it. Like when you choose to step into it and you, my friend stepped into it fully and embodied it. And, oh man, I'm, I, I'm super inspired just listening to that. And I'm, I know when this gets released, people are going to be so excited. And one thing that we were talking about before, when I was just kind of asking about your experience and everything you mentioned, this whole journey was, was transforming and, you know, you learned a lot from it. Like I would love to hear like, how, how was this race like transforming to you? And like, what, what kind of changed? Because it, as it, I mean, first of all, in my eyes, incredible, like to, to, to place in the top 10, as you did, I thought it was incredible effort. I know you mentioned it's like, Oh, and I, I totally respect that. It's like not where you want to be and everything, but it was incredible for you. What was the transforming aspect of this entire experience? You know, <clears throat> um, I think ultra runners have, we're a special breed. I really do. I mean, I think there's this like toughness that's like overwhelmed with love, right? It's like this love of sport, of passion, of community, of like striving for something bigger than yourself. I think because we have this community around us, um, I think that the transformed part for me, it's like, when you're out there running on your own and you're training on your own, it feels a lot, feels pretty selfish, right? Like Mm. it's me, I'm doing it. There's a lot of times, and I think a lot of parents will resonate with this where you feel a little bit like, 
a little guilty, right? Like my kids going to an after school care thing just so I can get a run in, you know, it feels, it feels a little bit like, mm-hmm. right. Um, but so I think you, you at times in running think it feels selfish. And I think it's just, and I know it, but this was just overwhelming. Like the amount of teamwork that that took to finish that race. And it really wasn't my race. Like really it was my team, you know, and my pacers that got me there and my, like my family, like it was just, it was so much more than just me. And, um, I feel really carried by that. And, um, and I, I felt that before, but this was just like so heightened and, um, yeah, I really don't think I would have done what I did without them. So, you know, I, humans are just so intertwined and, you know, interconnected in so many ways and we, it takes a village and all these things, but it's like, it was just very visceral uh, on Saturday. So. Yeah. hundred percent. No. And that is, that is so awesome. I love how it's like, you didn't get through that finish line, like your team did. Right. And it's, it's, I think a lot of people when, um, you know, they're, they're in an ultra, I think they, you recognize that, that it's like, it's not just you. And even if you don't have a crew, right. It's like the the people at the aid stations, the volunteers, like everybody, like the race director putting it, like, it's just all this community effort. And in the end of the day, like it is like an individual sport, but everyone's a team out there. I I love it. And I'm cheering for my competitors as much as like they're cheering for me. Like you sure as heck know that I wanted Brittany to finish and I wanted Casey to finish and I wanted Ruth to win. And I wanted, like, I want, I want, like, I know I'm not winning. So I want these people to shine. And it's like so exciting for me because I have such deep respect for these friends of mine that I care and that I've competed with and that I know so well. And like, we know each other's strengths and weaknesses and we, like, we get each other and respect each other at a different level. And I think that that's really cool too to know you're not having the race you want and just like hope the best for the Mm. people that you love that they're having the race they want, you know? And, um, it just, it just is such a, you know, honestly, it's such a special sport. I just feel like there's just nothing like it. And, you know, I think if you're looking at this sport from the outside, it's kind of hard to understand it unless you're in Mm. it. Um, and I think, you know, races like Western States, when we all come together and, you know, put it all out there and don't, you know, I just, I think we all are putting it all out there and we're all giving all of ourselves, including volunteers and pacers and broadcasting people. And, you know, obviously race directors and, you know, everybody that it's like, we're all doing all we can to make it the best day ever. And it felt that way. So. So good. Oh, I, I just love your energy, Katie. Like it's just so, uh, it's just so uplifting. And I think you embody, I think the, the energy and the, the passion and all the good things that come out of the ultra running community, because like everything you're saying is just totally ringing true. Especially I like how you say, like from the outside, it can look, you know, kind of like, Oh, like, you know, it might be selfish or it's kind of weird or blah, blah, blah. Like who are you doing this for? And then I think it's why people get so hooked when they're in it, right? Like same with you, like of, of maybe why you got hooked when you first got in. I know it's the same for me and probably a lot of people listening. It's like when you experience that first ultra, it's like, uh, like, I don't know anyone who has done like an ultra where like they came out of them being like, you know, I didn't, I didn't like that experience or like the community or anything. They, now they might say it, it hurt or like whatever, right. but <laughs> or, or in the moment after it, they're like, I'm never doing this again. Guilty on that. But there's something that keeps people coming back. And I think it's that community that you mentioned. Yeah. 
Yeah. I, I was going to say one thing too. That was a pretty cool experience that I forgot to mention anywhere, I think, but um, it was like deep in the race. It was like, I don't remember mile 90 or something. And I'm running with Alyssa and it's like dark. And I'm like, you know, in like tunnel vision, just like focusing. And all of a sudden Alyssa's like, oh my God, a skunk. And there's a skunk that's like leading us. Right. <laughs> and, and like, so it was just this moment of like, the earth is working with us. Like the animals are with, like, we're all doing this thing together. And the skunk just like led us. Like, she's like, I mean, Katie, like we're, we're, we are might pass the skunk. And I'm like, well, we're, I'm just, I'm not slowing down for the skunk, but the skunk never slowed down. And we just kept going probably for like a mile. I don't know, three quarters of a mile, like a long time. We're like, we're going to get sprayed for sure. And I laughed because I was like, I mean, I must smell horrible already. Thank God for the river crossing, but like, you know, laughing about how we're going to get sprayed to the skunk. And so we're like, this day couldn't get more stinkier, but like all these things, but we're laughing about this skunk. But the idea of that, like we're, we're interacting with these lands. Like we're not just, Mm. it's like, we're, we're a part of something bigger. Like we're on our ancestral land. Like we're a part of this bigger community that, and like life source, you know, like it's not just us trying to interact with this place that we don't know. It's like, like we're from the earth. Like we're going back to the earth. Like if this is all, we're all connected. And I don't know, the skunk just reminded me of that. (laughs) Like mile 90. I was like, thank you skunk. (laughs) I I feel like these races, like you're open to these ideas and these kind of like you, you feel more like you're, it's like this, this elation or this like like I said, a heightened awareness of yourself and the people around you that you just don't get in everyday life. So anyways, these are these moments that you'll never forget. And that's why we do this, you know, and obviously, yes, I wanted to win. Of course, I wanted a podium. Of course, I felt trained and ready for it. Um, and it's getting more and more and more like fast every single year. And I'm like, I need to get this thing in before I can't, you know, um, but it's, it's, uh, I just feel like this is, this is such an amazing time to be in the sport and I'm just really proud to be a part of it. So. Oh, well, first of all, I love that that skunk was helping you out out there. And I love that insight from it too, because it's, it's so true. Like everything comes connected out there. And when you realize it's like we're outside and, you know, we're in this amazing environment and especially because so many of us are just, you know, either in an office or working from home all day or, 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 you know, watching Netflix totally. or anything. It's like you're out there in the oh world my God. and it's just unbelievable. Like the high country, the, the butterflies. Oh my God. There were so many butterflies. I, it was funny. I was like, there's so many butterflies around me. And even in the canyons, I was like, oh my gosh, I'm going to win this thing because I have so much good luck, right? These butterflies are carrying me like all these things. Like you kind of feel so connected to not kind of, you feel connected to to what's around you. And I don't know, I guess I'm a feeler, but I don't know if like Adam Peterman felt butterflies, but you know, <laughs> I did. <laughs> I saw the butterflies, lots of butterflies and skunk and like felt, you know, it just, it was, it was a really big experience. That's what it was. It was a big experience and I got it done and I'm really freaking proud of that. So, Oh, yeah. you were amazing. And, I, and I'm proud of you too. And I can just, just say like, even just like hearing you talk about not just this race, but the experience is like making me love 
ultra running so much more. Like, I, I feel like you should be like the, the poster child for ultra running because like, it is like, like, I think it, it just shows like, and I think you have a, like such a healthy attitude with it where it comes from like, Hey, like I wanted a podium, but I still love the sport. I still love what's about them cheering on. And so many people are like that in the sport. And I think it's another thing that makes it so beautiful is like, you don't see people, you know, putting other people down or being like, yeah, eat no, dust, you know, none of us do like, we're all poster <laughs> children of this. Like, we're all in this, you know, like yeah. we all love this sport and like, we're all trying to get this, not the same thing out of it. Like we all have different reasons for things, but it's like, we're trying to grow and challenge each other and ourselves. And anyway, it sure happened. I got my challenge. It's just so great how people can just lift each other up along the ways. And it's like, even if you're competitive in the sport, it's still like you're, you're having so much fun, right? Where I think in other sports you see, there's like, I don't want to say like hate, but like there's, there's this tension between other people and you just don't get that in ultra running, even at the elite levels. And I think the people who do bring that tension in, because I do know some people who, you know, they try and compete in the sport and, you know, they have this kind of like, oh, I'm going to crush everybody attitude. And it doesn't pan out. And I, and I, I don't think it's a matter of like them. I think it's just a matter of like alignment with the community almost. And it just kind of has this, like, it, it's almost like a self-fulfilling prophecy that if you come in trying to crush people, you get crushed on your own, you know? Yeah. Um, I haven't spoken with anyone in the sport, including yourself, who has been at the high level that doesn't have the mindset of, I want other people to do well. Um, so I think that just speaks volumes to, you know, to you, the community and anyone who has success in the sport is it, it is a selfless thing to kind of tie it into that whole selfishness thing, you know? Yeah. I mean, you can't have an ego, like you really cannot have an ego in the sport because it's so humbling. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like as second you think you have it figured out, it's like, it's kind of like parenthood, <laughs> you know, <laughs> where you're like, okay, I've got, I know how to breastfeed now. And now the child is sleeping up. Oh, I'm a great parent. And then the next week, everything changes, you know? And it's like that where you fit, you fit, think you've got it going on. And then this last race happened to me. And so, you know, things happen and it's how you deal with it and it's how you problem solve and like make the most of the situation. And I think that's, like this, the baseline of what we're all trying to do is trying to get the best out of ourselves on the day that we're given. So. I love that. Oh, it ties into the essence of why everyone's out there. And and I just love your emphasis on problem solving and you displayed it out there and it's just, it's just amazing. And, you know, finishing in the top 10, uh, you know, gets you the spot automatically into to next year. What are you thinking about that? I know it's literally a year away from like now, uh, literally a year and what, three days at this point. Um, but how are you thinking about that? Are you thinking about it? Is it something that's on, you know, your mind? Like, I'm, I'm curious to hear how you're approaching like that and, and if you'll show up next year. I mean, yeah, like I worked yeah. my tail off to try and literally my tail, my backside off was off, <laughs> was out of me. Um, I, I worked really hard to get to that top 10 and it's because I want to come back to that race and perform. And I think a part of me was like, okay, or I can go for another golden ticket. Um, golden tickets are stressful, right? Mm-hmm. It's like, they're fun. They're really fun as a spectator, but they're stressful as an athlete because there's so much on the line. And like, you have this big dream of Western States and you have to your whole, you know, calendar for, you know, how you train has to peak for your golden ticket. And then you decrease, you know, it's like, it's just, a, it's tough. And if you don't have to do a golden ticket, you know, for at least the, you know, golden ticket to get the first or second in that way and that stress, 
and I don't want to. <laughs> um, you know, I love to compete, don't get me wrong, but if I can compete knowing I already have a Western States, like, you know, number, then that's even more fun for me. So um, yeah, maybe I'll do a golden, I'll go do a golden ticket race, but um, I just really wanted to be able to secure that uh, top 10 um, so I can enjoy my year a little bit more. It's like feels less pressure on myself um, because I want to race Western States like to the best of my ability so badly. Um, mm-hmm. So I think, uh, yeah, I'm like, I crossed the finish line. I was like, oh, we're doing this all over again, you know, but it's like, I can't wait for another opportunity to be able to, to, to have my day. I, I think I can race that course well and smart and uh you know i think i can win i mean everybody that's telling that like not everybody there's like 30 of us that think that we can win but i you know i think we have to say it and i think if it's a really good day i think i could do it but it's also going to be um you know a different race next year and you know i we'll see what happens but yeah of course i'm planning on it and uh and, you know next up is ccc so that's going to be next on the radar and i have to start figuring out how to get my foot feeling better mm. so i can start climbing some mountains but um yeah it's ccc and then we'll see what the rest rest of the year brings but um then it's all about western states starting in 2023 so i love yeah. it Oh, and I, I know you're close. Like, I, I think next year will, will be your year for sure. Just because not, not because, uh, I, I think having those experiences, right. Like the year one, having like the heat and then year two, having the GI, you figure those things out. Like you're there. Like, <laughs> like what else not, can happen? <laughs> right. Kidding. Right. You're, well, <laughs> yes. I'm just kidding. But, like, there's a lot that can happen, <laughs> but like, it's like, oh man, come on. You know, I feel like if I have the fitness, I definitely have the drive and the heart that's for sure. Um, but really to be honest, it doesn't, it's not about getting the the cougar. It's about having my best day. And if mm-hmm. I cross that finish line, knowing that I ran that course as fast as I, I know to my potential, like I've won in my book and that's what I'm, that's what I'm racing for, for sure. So. Oh, yeah. you're amazing, Katie. You are so amazing. And I think because you have that mindset that that's going to get you there. And, you know, even if it's not, you know, getting the cougar, even though I, I think a cougar is definitely in your future for sure. If, if I may say so myself, I, I think in the end of the day, you're, you're going to, to, to be your best self out there. Cause I think you have that mindset to do it. That's, I think speaks volume to, again, your success, not only on the field, but how, how you approach it and your love for the sport. And that's just a uh, absolutely incredible. And I'm so stoked for you, like going into CCC, how are you kind of like approaching like training? Cause I mean, it's, different kind of approach, uh, whole, whole different kind of ball game. Like how, how are you, how are you approaching that race coming in, coming into that? And I know you mentioned like your foot, which is interesting because I didn't know about that. Um, so how are you kind of, uh, taking CCC to, to, to finish it well? Um, yeah, well, we're only three days out, so I'm giving myself a little bit of rest um, in the sense of like hoping that this foot comes back to recovery very soon. Um, it's probably just like a ligament sprain, but it hurts really bad. Um, so uh, I think I haven't talked to my coach about it yet. We haven't done like a deep dive. He's giving me a couple of days to like let this all sink in. Smart man. Um, you know, I think we so often in our culture, we can like not celebrate the wins. Like th- mm. this was a win for me. This was big deal that I was able to hold on and push through. And I want to really feel it and like process it 
before jumping onto the CCC bandwagon. Um, so I'm going to give myself a little bit of space for that and just really like really fully embrace this experience. But um, yeah, CCC will come. I'll have a lot of up and down <laughs> pole action in the Eastern Sierra. And I'm really excited for some big adventures um, in July. And I wish I was heading over to Chamonix like in advance. I'm only going to be there a couple of days before the race. So this is going to be, to be completely honest, I'm like going in a little bit shell-shocked in the sense that I've never raced over there. This is my first time. I'm definitely going over feeling like this is a time to experience the race and maybe not compete um, mm. in the sense that like I'm going for a top placement. I, I, it would be silly for me to say that I could do that if I've never even been over there or raced, you know, UTMB week at all. Or um, so I'm really going over to experience it, to learn and to like be my best self. Like, obviously I'm, I'm not, I'm not going to quit. <laughs> I'm going to like give it, a, give it my all, but uh, you know, so I, I do know that there's a lot of really, really strong women that this is their big a race for the year. And um, so I'm aware of that and I'm just going to go over and have like really fun time. So yeah, that's my plan. That is awesome. That is awesome. And I, and I, I know you're going to do well, but I think even more importantly, I, I love how you're taking the approach of just celebrating the win, taking in all, all the experience that you just had, like in over the last, uh, you know, weekend over here. So I think it's amazing because I agree. And I fall very much a tendency to this too, is like, it's so easy to think about like the next race or the next thing, like, or the next goal. It doesn't even have to be about ultra running and just like soaking in just an incredible experience and being able to, to take away from that. So that, that, that was so inspiring to hear. And I'm so glad you're going to be able to do that just because, I mean, it was an incredible experience. Like I still, and as I told you, uh, before we started recording, like even on my run this morning, I was thinking of you and I was like, I can't complain out of here because I know you <laughs> just absolutely smash it with way more problems than I have on this run. So it was, uh, seriously, you're still inspiring people out there and I know you will continue to do so. And so for everybody listening here who wants to continue to be inspired by your journey and follow along, uh, where can they do so? And I highly suggest it because I think I, I fell in love with ultra running a lot more, just listening how passionate you are about the sport. And uh, I'm so excited to continue to follow your journey and I'm sure everyone else is. So where can they best follow along the, the journey of Katie uh, after listening to this episode? Sure. Um, it's, I'm really only on Instagram and social media. It's Katie, like KT and then underscore Azmuth. Um, and hopefully you can find me, but I very accessible, like reach out please, because I love hearing your stories. And, um, I've really, it's only been positive social media for me. I'm not on it all the time, but, um, it's really fun when I am to connect with people. So, Oh, you are incredible. You are such a, just an incredible human being. And I, I just love the approach that you have, not just towards the sport, but towards life. And, uh, your energy is infectious, my friend. Cause I'm oh. definitely, I am I'm, I'm just feeling so like rejuvenated just listening to you and I'm sure everyone else is. Um, so, so Katie, for my last question here that I ask everybody on the podcast, I know we kind of touched a little bit on some lessons in the beginning, but I always like to hear, uh, what our guests have to say about this because the show is called everyday ultra. Um, I always like to ask our guests, what can our listeners do every single day to become a better ultra runner in their own field? Think your body, mm. think your body, like your body and your mind go through a lot to, for this sport. And 
I think we need to be a little bit more gentle on that. Like we keep pushing, keep pushing. We want to train hard, train. You know, it's like, sometimes we just need to thank ourselves and to be like, wow, feet, you're really holding up and like, great job quads. Like, you know, I think we need to be a little bit more gentle with our bodies and our minds and um, to thank ourselves a little bit more and, um, and the people around us that are supporting us on these crazy adventures. And um, I just, yeah, I think being in like the mindset of gratitude in this sport is really clutch. <laughs> so, mm-hmm. yeah. hundred percent. I love that. I'm going to be thanking my feet, like right after this too. So <laughs> that, that is, it's so true. And especially because I think in ultra running, we can be so prone to like, you know, feeling, feeling like a little niggle or feeling like this and being like, Oh, you know, I gotta be tough. I gotta keep pushing. And then like, that's not respecting your body and it's not doing that. And it usually leads to bad things uh, other than good. So I, I love that message. I thought it was great. Gratitude. I, I love that we're ending on this because Katie, I'm definitely so grateful that that this episode happened. This was truly a treat and truly special. Something that, uh you know, uh, being a fan of yours for a while is just, a, just an incredible experience for me more than you know. So I appreciate you a ton. Thank you, Joe. That was super fun, super fun. And I hope that um, we can both continue in the sport well into our 80s. <laughs> yes, 100%. That is that is the goal. And I can't wait to you to, see, to, to get that cougar. I know you will. <laughs> Fingers crossed. <laughs> awesome. All right, everyone. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of the Everyday Ultra Podcast. Appreciate you listening in. And if you have any topics or guests or suggestions for the show, I would love to hear that because I want to make sure this show is so valuable to you that I'm able to provide all the things that you're looking for to become a better endurance athlete every day. So if you have those things, feel free to send them over to me on Instagram at Joe Corsione. That is my handle, J-O-E-C-O-R-C-I-O-N-E. And I'm more than happy to fit it into the show, reach out to the guests that you're looking for, and ultimately give the value that you're looking for. Um, if you enjoyed this podcast, please share it. Uh, would love to get more ultra runners and uh, people in the ultra endurance community listening to this podcast because the more this podcast grows, the better we're able to serve you as well. And so thank you so, so much again for listening in. I tell you, I do not take it lightly. And remember, my friends, become a better endurance athlete every single day. Take care.